0: This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your host, Radio Joe Hughes, and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick, and now, Radio Joe Hughes.
1: Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus. This week is episode 610, and we're going to discuss the best and worst of 2020, and then hopefully get into 2021 with some predictions for next year. We've got all the reps from our select group of sponsors. We really appreciate them. Without them, we couldn't continue to do the show. And uh, I want to mention also Gray Wolf Sensing Solution, our newest sponsor. Let's thank our sponsors, John. Our marquee sponsor, Instascope, the future of IAQ assessment, unlimited sampling with instant results at instascope.co. Association sponsors are the American Industrial Hygiene Association at AIHA.org. The American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists at ACGIH.org. The Cleaning Industry Research Institute at CIRIScience.org. The Indoor Air Quality Association at IAQA.org. The Restoration Industry Association at restorationindustry.org The Institute for Inspection Cleaning and Restoration Certification at iicrc.org and Healthy Buildings America 2021 at hb2021-america.org Industry sponsors are AEML Laboratories at aemlinc.com Particles Plus at ParticlesPlus.com and Healthy Indoors Magazine at HealthyIndoors.com
0: And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to Zlotnick at CS.com or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man Hello, everyone. Congratulations go out to Don Weeks, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, who was first to identify two Greek words, paeus, meaning child, and iatros, meaning doctor and healer, from which the term pediatrics is derived. The IEQ radio trivia question for today, Friday, December 18th, 2020, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company providing unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Here is today's IAQ Radio three-part trivia question. It's about this day in history. Name the Soviet Union leader, the Rolling Stone, and the Goodfellow who shared today as their birthday. Back to you, Joe.
1: Right. We're going to go in reverse alphabetical order because I just feel like being a little different. And I think people who uh, have last names that are toward the end of the alphabet always get left out on that. So we're going to start with Mark Springer from RIA today, but then we'll have Larry Sloan representing AIHA, Richard Shaughnessy for Healthy Buildings America 2021, Phil Rauscher from ACGIH, Kevin Pearson from IICRC, Ron Morrison from Instascope, John Lapotere from the Indoor Air Quality Association, Bob Crow from Healthy Indoors Magazine, Tom Grillo from Particles Plus, John Diney from the Cleaning Industry Research Institute, Christy Bruggerman from AEML Labs, and Rick Stoner from Graywolf Could Not Make It. I think I got everybody. If I didn't, somebody will let me know. All right, let's start with Mr. Springer out of Montana. Mark is the president of uh, Dayspring Restoration and also the RIA president. Mark, what's your best and worst for 2020?
2: Well, Joe, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me to this uh, very distinguished panel. Um, uh, What sure is great to see all these uh, faces together and and, uh, appreciate all you guys do to uh, inform the Indoor air quality associate or indoor air quality industry in general. So, uh, certainly been an interesting year this year, probably more interesting than any of us have ever experienced before. Certainly, I'll speak from the RIA perspective and say the worst thing for us was for the first time in 74 years having to cancel our annual convention. Uh, we, we fought that for a while. We were, uh, I remember thinking when we were first talking about this and, uh, at the very beginning phase of about March, we were around 40 days out from our annual convention. And there was all this discussion about, are we going to be able to have this event or, and, and I remember saying, guys, this is going to blow over. Uh, We're going to we're going to be able to have our event. We're not canceling our convention. We've never canceled our convention before. The industry needs to be together. And of course, uh, I couldn't have been more wrong uh, than what happened there. So that was a very, very difficult decision. Uh, The financial ramifications of that for RIA are, are profound. I mean, that's the single largest line item in our budget is our annual convention. Um, To the best side, uh, I think that that event, you know, we see that initially as a negative. Uh, Ultimately, I think there was a lot of positives that came out of that. I mean, for one, RIA quickly had to shift and say, okay, we can't have a business model that is so dependent on an annual convention. And so we had, in a lot of ways, to pivot and to uh, make sure that we had new and fresh ways to communicate with our constituents and to be able to bring them uh, the content that they otherwise would have had um, in a virtual environment. And so we ended up hosting uh, this year not one but two virtual conventions, both of which were Uh, very, very well received. I think our members got some of the best information that they've ever gotten uh, in that virtual environment, the last event being uh, here this fall. Uh, And we would never have done that had we not uh, had this pandemic and so we were able to end up reaching a larger audience and especially I think to the level of our members who might not go to a convention and a lot of times it's the owners and the general managers who go to a convention uh, in this case we were able to reach a lot of technicians and mid-level managers who otherwise don't get the communication from us so that that was really a best uh, but some of the other best were really I think uh, just unique this year and had incredible impacts were the ways we were able to partner uh, with other players in the industry. And, and most notably with IICRC, uh, we worked together with them to be able to bring it's now in its fifth edition. Uh, we've also had the uh, American Industrial Hygiene Association join us in the Uh, report on COVID disinfection to the rest property restoration industry and the way that the industry came together to be able to uh, assemble such a incredible resource for the industry in a way that was beneficial to the industry without some of the, you know, historically, a lot of times there's these turf wars uh, to do that in a collaborative fashion and for the good of our members and the uh, certificates at IICRC and the constituents of the American uh, Industrial Hygiene Association was really unprecedented and, and such a great example how we can work together. There's a lot of other stuff that happened as well uh, for voice in the industry throughout the year. We could we could spend probably a whole show talking about that, uh, but uh, to respect the other people here on, on this call, I will pause there, I'll end there and uh kind of kind of identify those as
3: the best and the worst for 2020
1: thank you mark perfect uh got it just under four minutes and uh when we come back i'd be curious if you could let us know how it affected your own business and maybe uh during this during the end of you know the second part of the show we can talk a little bit about that let's go on to larry sloan larry is the ceo of the american
4: industrial hygiene association joining us from virginia welcome larry All right. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, So I'll start again with the worst thing of 2020. And this is similar to Mark, having to host our annual conference, AIHCE, all virtually. That was a very difficult decision, but uh, obviously because of the pandemic and the fact that the uh, the Atlantic Convention Center, which is where we were going to hold our event, became a makeshift hospital. And so we had to wait until about six or seven weeks out before the actual event date in order to pull the plug because of contractual obligations. And, you know, we got a lot of heat from folks that were saying, you know, back in early February, mid-February, what's going on? How can we possibly have an in-person conference? And, you know, we knew even at that early date that we're going to have to pull it. But, you know, we just couldn't do anything and couldn't say anything publicly until six to seven weeks out. Again, otherwise we would have had to pay a a ton of money on attrition. So, you know, when we made the decision and we pulled the plug on uh, on the all in person, We uh, had to rely on our technology, our online platform, for an all-virtual event, and that created problems. It was not suitable for the thousands of people that ended up attending. We got about 2,200 people signed up for the virtual conference. That's about half the number of people that typically attend the in-person event, which was fantastic. But the platform crashed on day one, which was absolutely a horrific experience, for all the folks on my team that put, you know, countless hours into developing this program and making it uh, what we wanted it to be a first-class event. So it was a very humbling experience. We did manage to uh, regroup and get things back up on running the next day, but uh, it was a blemish. And so that was definitely the worst thing of the year. The best thing of the year, however, has been the incredible grassroots support for developing this cadre of COVID related documents. Uh, we have developed a dozen or so documents that pertain to everything from cleaning disinfection, proper use of PPE, engineering controls, the use of real time detection instruments, a whole list of documents that have been produced by our volunteer groups, and our Back to Work Safely program, which started with a uh, kind of a, uh, a challenge from none other than Mark Cuban. From Shark Tank. And we got uh, connected with Mark back at the end of April. And uh, I'm not going to get into the details of how we connected with Mark, but he said, you guys are all about worker health and safety. Make something happen. Put out some guidance. And that was the uh, genesis of the Back to Work Safely program. And to this day, we've developed 26 different documents, each one aimed at a different uh, industry sector, aimed at the small business sector within those 26 markets. And we're in the process of translating all of these COVID documents into Spanish. So that by far has been the best thing to come out of 2020. And I'll stop there. Fantastic,
1: Larry. Thank you. Uh, Very interesting. We'll come back to that in a minute. Let's get to Mr. Richard Shaughnessy. Dr. Shaughnessy is the director of the University of Tulsa's Indoor Air Quality Research Program since 1987. But he's here on behalf of Iziac and Healthy Buildings America 2021. Hello, Richard.
5: Hey, Joe. How are you doing?
1: very good. Thank you. How about yourself? Welcome back. Uh, what's, what's the best and worst of 2020 for you, Richard?
5: Yeah, I'll give you, I don't know from what perspective you want it, but, um, you know, as far as, as far as, uh, worst, um, I'll tell you 310,000, 310, people dead and, um, and counting. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's touched all of us—family, friends, relatives—and um, as a scientist, um, the frustration of the politicizing and uh, disregard for science truly has been an uphill battle. It's—it's it's been tough to uh, to not be listened to. Um, the highs uh, throughout the year have been dulled. The lows have been amplified. Um, distancing impacts. I mean, all of this has uh, affected our families. It's scarred us. Um, it will take many years to reestablish school systems. Uh, children have been impacted enormously at our university online, uh, online education. It suffers. It's it's simply like talking into a void. Uh, non-stop webinars, I tell you, have driven me up a wall. Um, and uh, uh, if I don't know whether it's positive or negative, but certainly the research has been accelerated, and there has been a rush on all our behalf to publish and disseminate to the uh, to those who need it that information. Uh, ISIAC for example had over 230 scientists that wrote a letter to uh, WHO to emphasize the importance of aerosolization of the virus and finally that came into play and we began taking a closer look um, uh, at ventilation and air cleaning as a function of that. Um, so I mean I could go on. It's uh, I, I do get frustrated but um Let's go to the best part of 2020, if there is anything positive to say. And uh, you know, in life as I know it, as you know it, I I, I've never seen uh, the importance of indoor air quality been so magnified, um, and brought to the forefront. The the principles, the foundations of uh, fundamental uh, acceptable indoor air sources ventilation, air cleaning all of this comes into play and um, uh, for for the first time that I could remember um, people are beginning to now accept and are being educated openly educated on the critical role of indoor air quality to our health and our well-being and that's that's got to be a positive that's not going to fade away. It's going to carry on. Uh, because covid may come and go but the uh implications and what comes next and how do we deal with this will continue so with that i'll pass it on joe
1: you know, real quick richard you you do a lot of work in schools um has that been has that had to be shut down because of this
5: it, it's been um it's been absolutely shut down to to an extent. I mean, we have continued our work uh, uh, on an everyday basis, uh, working with schools. Uh, but really, it's been now uh, uh, education. Uh, we were in the middle. I mean, we've, we've been doing studies related to viruses on desktops and cleaning and all of that, as you're aware, for many, many years. And we were in the middle of a study uh, in March of 2020 where bam, <laughs> got shut down. Uh, but with that, uh, there's been a lot of time in working with the schools to prepare them for what they're going to have to face now. So I wouldn't say it's ended um, as the children come and go and uh, we'll see what happens. But it certainly is a challenge, not only for us, but we all know for the school system. So there has to be funding to to be able to um to deal with these uh, uh upgrades and everything for the future
1: well that could either be a best or worst there huh maybe they'll get some funding and be able to do things let's hope works. so Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you richard we appreciate that let's uh let's go to philip rosher he is the acgih senior director of science education and publications philip coming to us from ohio right Did I get Northern right?
6: ohio the north All coast right. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. you? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, So, I'll I'll start off with worst and build from there. That that we end on a good note. Uh, So the worst part is, and I think everybody's experienced it. So everybody's going to agree with me on this one. There, personally, professionally, there's been that loss of togetherness. You know, uh, Zoom fatigue is all too real now. We haven't got to go to conferences. We haven't got this break bread. Have drinks, you know, anything like that, that, that builds those personal relationships. And I think it's pretty safe to say everybody's on this call because, you know, that's, that's part of what they like about being in the industry. Um, but, you know, their 2020 was definitely life-changing and, and you can either paint that as the best thing or the worst thing never happened to you. Right. So um looking at it with a silver lining, ACGIH pulled through 2020, uh, honestly, as strong as ever. Um, thanks to great volunteers um uh, really dedicated board members that have met more this year than they 've ever met in the past um, thanks to our members um you know we 've we 've seen our membership grow uh so you know something that a time whenever people are really examining what 's where their money 's going you know where their uh alliances are, who they choose to, to work through and with, we saw people come into the fold. So um, we are extremely fortunate to just be surrounded by a great community. Uh, you know, one of the great things organizationally was watching everyone, volunteers, board, uh, you know, members rise to the occasion. Um, you know, we worked really hard this year, uh, drank a lot of coffee, burned some midnight oil to, to get the field, all of the science that they needed. Um, You know, as this was unfolding, talking to industry experts, it was uh, honestly just breathtaking from my standpoint, no pun intended, you know, as COVID's going on, uh, that, you know, you're on the front end before the CDC is willing to say this is aerosol, uh, you know, there's aerosol transmission, we have to start doing these things. You know, talking to all of those experts that are saying that and trying to get that message out to the field and trying to help people, uh, you know, act on that information was just awesome. Um, You know, working with the journal, you know, there was a great article just just out. Uh, about fomite transmission. You know, really, where are we at? So it continues to to push. The science just keeps evolving. And to be in the, the middle of that is uh, personally amazing and just awesome for the organization. Um, as everything shifted and all of the conferences kind of went to the wayside, you know, there, there's, there was a gap at, while everybody was trying to catch up. You know, AIHA, we worked together to, to bring some of those missed opportunities that would have been at the conference over to our uh, learning platform. So we had a, a summer series that was extremely successful, uh, did great. Staff pulled together, amazing volunteers came for that. Bob, uh, personal thank you to you since you're on the call. Uh, but we did in 10 weeks more education than we, the organization has done in the past 10 years. Um, it, it, we, we flipped a switch and really started, um, grinding on, on helping those in the field, get that stuff that, that was just, you know, going to be lost to time. So, um, the amazing speakers that worked on that really helped us through, uh, you know, not, not going to conferences, making the shift, everybody moving to an online platform, selfishly helped a little bit with productivity on our end we're having more meetings we're talking more people are having you know smaller meetings more frequently so work tends to move a little bit better so for that reason you know just looking at it that way the TLV book has already been released people are waiting for it in March and it's out Um, you know that way as the calendar turns and it's January 1 you can already have the TLV know what that's going to do to your IH program and you know what your response is. Uh, so, uh, whenever I say life changing, I, I think 2020 was life changing and just a great thing for ACGIH. So,
1: interesting, very interesting perspective there. Um, I'll come back. I've got another question for you, but I think we'll come back to that with the, the second half here. But thank you, Phil. All right, let's go to Kevin Pearson. Kevin is the chairman of the IICRC, at least until October, uh, call, coming in from Texas. Hello, Kevin.
7: Hey Joe, thanks for having me. My um, pleasure. Yeah, you know, 2020 uh, definitely threw us all a curveball, and I think that with the worst part of 2020 for me uh, was not being able to travel to a lot of these industry conventions and meet the registrants and stuff that uh, you know we've always done. And uh, you know, it was it, it's a place that we gather and we you know have dinner and you know just get to know each other so the other bad thing about it uh was back in march we realized hey we got 184 approved instructors that teach in person classes and none of them can teach so yeah. that kind of uh led us into the best of 2020 which uh, ICRC I ended up coming out of very strong, uh, had one of the best years ever of the Institute uh, because we instituted live streaming of classes and that took off uh, like crazy. So uh, we also put uh, live chat on our website, allowed the registrants and certified firms to be able to... Uh, get a hold of staff easy because with everybody working from home, we had a issue with trying to you know, get the phone lines to different people and all that. So um, come January, uh, the middle of January, we'll also be coming out with e-learning platform or module type learning. So it's something that uh, the Institute's talked about for years. But with the pandemic, it just kind of forced us all to get our uh, rear ends in gear and make it happen. And so um, we've had to do a couple of virtual events ourselves, uh, but we kind of made them fun. You know, we were able to invite all of the registrants and certified firms to our annual instructor awards program uh usually that was just held in front of uh, or, or in a room with just the instructors and so nobody ever got to see what instructor won what award or whatever and this year we uh live streamed it and you know made a cool event out of it and so um i think just by thinking outside the box a little bit we were able to make the the best of the year um, but I tell you, uh, without uh, one of the best things that happened to the institute this year was that we hired uh, a CEO, Michael Dak Duke, yeah. and without him there in Vegas, you know, leading the staff, it just would not have been uh, possible to do a lot of these things. So uh, that's that's been fun. We have a lot of no, uh, new technology coming down the pipe to better serve the registrants. We're going to get a new website that's coming here in, you know, six or eight months. And we're getting a new database. Um, We've way outgrown our current database. And so uh, we're in the process of doing that. And toward the end of January, January 30th, we'll be opening the IICRC Hall of Fame. And so that's uh, going to be another cool event that we're we're gonna be able to put on. So um, through all of that, we've been able to increase our number of certified firms. Uh, we are right around 7,000 certified firms for the Institute, uh, which is amazing. Um, and so, um, you know, we've done a lot of good things. And then we were also able to collaborate with RIA, and AIHA to come out with our COVID-19 papers, which is now in the fifth edition. And those have been very well received. Um, You know, we've gotten a lot of feedback from those and restoration companies, you know, are using them. And uh, it's been kind of neat to see how that whole thing evolved and to get so much uh, participation from uh, the other groups and the volunteers. So, with that, I'll um, let somebody else go.
1: Thank you, Kevin. That was perfect. Uh, glad to hear things are still going well, and uh, it sounds like kind of a theme. You know that even though the organizations have had a hard time, they're all hanging in there. They're making contributions to you know the way they should be to to the world and to the country. So. Great stuff. Let's go to Ron Morrison, get a little different perspective. He's the director of business opportunity and support for our marquee sponsor Instascope. Ron, welcome to the show. You're in Mississippi, I believe, but close to Tennessee and Arkansas.
8: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, We are based based out of uh, Colorado as well. You know, as we look back in the rearview mirror at this year, I mean, there's a lot of different events that have happened. And and I, I don't think the ripple effects of COVID is going to be felt for, it's going to be felt for years, if not decades to come, or, you know, maybe a decade to come. Because it's affected everybody um, throughout small businesses, uh, to nonprofit organizations, to the, health, the our healthcare systems. Um, and it has affected everybody in different ways. And, you know, even with the schools and how they are learning uh, in the schools, the kids went on spring break last March and pretty much have not had to. Con- you know, a continuous education since then. And, you know, we talked about zoom uh, fatigued and you can just imagine if you're a, you know, any, anyone from K to 12, you can imagine their, uh, you know, their attention span to be able to be on zoom. And throughout this, I mean, I think everybody's going to have the same uh, as COVID has hit everybody in a different way. Um, I think that the positive thing is, is because, unlike us that are in the IAQ community or uh, restoration, that basically, you know, if somebody has a problem, it's a reaction. Um, and now the IAQ is uh, in the forefront for everybody. Um, it's more there. And so with that, it has created the innovations, because it's not a matter of if we will have another event like this. It's a matter of when. Um, you know, hopefully it won't be in our lifetime. But at being able to identify Uh, detect, you know, on mass transit and school systems, uh, helping businesses to open, uh, allowing people to understand the different things. Larry said, you know, the protocols that they have put in place and help people do it. I think everybody is working toward a common goal because usually when mankind has a problem, uh, they usually find a solution and find a solution quickly about it. And I think with moving forward, with the innovations that has come through this year, um, and then for what's going to be in the future, I think that it's going to be helpful. And at Instascope, we have, uh, you know, we have helped identify a lot of things. We're working with school systems um, and states across the country um, to start, you know, having protocols to help open up uh, the schools and businesses and government facilities um, that are crucial for everybody in their day-to-day life. So that's pretty much a wrap on what I think, or I can continue to go on. So well,
1: Ron, uh, thank you. I, I think that's a, a an interesting perspective and uh, we'll come back to you for the second half here. What I'd like to do now, guys, is take a break and thank you our sponsors and uh, play the halftime sponsor uh, advertisements. So we'll be back in about 90 seconds with the second half of today's uh, best and worst of 2020 show. Our marquee sponsor Instascope, do more jobs faster with the future of IAQ assessment technology, unlimited samples, instant results, and cloud-based data at instascope.co. Our association sponsors are the American Industrial Hygiene Association, Healthy Workplaces, A Healthier World at AIHA.org, the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists, Advancing Careers of Professionals in Environmental Health, Industrial Hygiene, and Safety, interested in defining their science at ACGIH. The Cleaning Industry Research Institute. See more deeply through science and research. Learn more at ciriscience.org. That's C-I-R-I science.org. The Indoor Air Quality Association. Promoting the exchange of indoor environmental quality information through education and research at iaqa.org. The Restoration Industry Association the granddaddy of the restoration industry. Network with leaders at restorationindustry.org. The Institute for Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification, IICRC, at iicrc.org. Healthy Buildings America 2021. Honolulu, Hawaii, August 10 through 12, 2021. Learn more at hb2021-america.org. Our industry sponsors, AEML Laboratories. Free shipping, great pricing, same-day results, and no-rush fee. Learn more at aemlinc.com. Particles Plus, particle counters and air quality instrumentation. Count on us at particlesplus.com. Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online magazine for industry pros and consumers at help the indoors.com. And let's not forget Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions. Learn more at wolfsense.com. All right, let's go to the second half. We've got, uh, let's start with Mr. Lapotere. John Lapotere is the immediate past president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. He and his lovely wife, Lydia, have indoor air quality solutions since 2001 out of Orlando, Florida. John, welcome to the show.
9: Hey Joe, everybody, it's it's great to be here. It's always an honor to be on uh, IAQ Radio. This year, it's been an interesting year for the Indoor Air Quality Association. We were one of the fortunate associations to actually have the opportunity to have our annual conference in person in Palm Beach, Florida this year at the very beginning of the year. Since then, it's been all virtual, and it's been a very challenging year for Indoor Air Quality Association members. You can imagine as, as we're focused on the indoor environment and COVID is, is wreaking havoc, uh, the, the consumers and the public were, were reaching out to us quite a bit. And they were inundated with a million different ways to sanitize and, and make their homes and offices safe. So it was uh, great to work with other industry associations who had produced documentation that we could actually disseminate to our members and help our members stay very informed. As we uh, worked through the year, the uh, association and our board had to work to try and figure out how we could keep disseminating information and provide education to our members. So for, for the brighter side of the year, we've had a tremendous increase in distance learning. We've also had, uh, we developed a new program called the SMART program that can be uh, uh, accessed online on our website. The SMART program stands for science, methodology, assessment, remediation, and technology. And if you take these little groups of online learning, you can earn the SMART badge that you can display on your website or business card. So our distance learning has really been a benefit. As Eric Shapiro said, it's incredible how much all of us want COVID to go away, but it's forced us to to be a little more resourceful in how we provide uh, our education to our members. And it's really worked out very well for us moving forward, we're really looking forward to our global virtual annual meeting, uh, in, in this next February. So from being a hold up after a successful annual meeting, we've developed a lot of online resources for our members. We've watched our membership grow. We've watched our online, uh, offering for education really take off. We've watched the smart badge, um, program really take off. I.E.Q. University is proving to be really successful. So as, a, as an association, we've done a lot of work in the background to make sure that our members stay informed. We made the transition from one end uh, association management to a separate association management, association headquarters. And we can't say enough about association headquarters. Our board and our membership are very, very thankful to the help that association headquarters has given us in establishing all of these online programs and in helping us put together the uh, IAQ global virtual annual meeting in February. That's gonna be an opportunity for our members and the um, uh, other associations to join us and meet with leaders from across the globe. So we're excited about the status of our association we're still, you know, holed up for COVID and uh, working with our members to help deliver to the consumer the best possible approach to the COVID response.
1: Don, thank you. I just want to shout out to IAQA for being a sponsor since the very beginning with Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio, which by 14, over 14 years now, so Fantastic stuff. And and of course you to your, for your support of the show over those 14 years, let's go to Bob Krell. Bob is the founder and publisher of healthy indoors magazine at healthyindoors.com. Bob's got probably four or five other hats. Uh, he's also a consultant, a contractor and a trainer.
10: Bob, welcome back to the show. Hey, th- thanks. Uh, thanks for having me here, Joe. Good to see you guys all. Um, I guess to, to jump right into it, you know, uh, talking in terms of what, uh, you know, the worst of 2020, uh, I was just spe- speaking with our editor, Susan Valenti, and we had a, we had a chat about that. Um, you know, many of us here and many of us in the industry has been spending the past 30 years, uh, you know, trying to, uh, trying to drive the whole, uh, importance of the a healthier indoor environment, better indoor environmental stuff. And it, this year seems like it knocked us back to square one in some ways, which in a way is uh, kind of humbling. You know, it seems like we're, you know, we've been shown that the indoor environments are, of course, very important, but it, it, it's a difficult situation. Uh, with both the publication and our, and our live show that we started doing uh, earlier in the year as a result of COVID, um, we had the chance to talk a lot about uh, how marginalized communities uh, were disproportionately affected by this pandemic and and to me that's just a travesty and uh you know in our country as, as well as globally uh it just seems like even to, even to this day you know some of the rollout on uh vaccines is really going to get, get to the more industrialized uh affluent nations quicker and it's uh it, it's we have a lot long ways to go so w- without sounding to- totally depressing here um on a positive note, I think Richard mentioned, you know, 2021 will be the year for education. And I I would, uh, I would definitely, uh, second that, you know, I, I think it really is. We have an opportunity, uh, like never before to drive the importance of indoor environmental issues, uh, on a global scale. So I think that's, that's really great. Um, and I think we need to take that opportunity to, uh, you know, I think this is a moment in time where globally, there's an opportunity for people to come together a little more. And, uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna need to actually do that. and, and I'll, I'll say with uh, with healthy indoors you know, as a digital media company, uh, and this is the, you know on on the good side for us, it was advantageous to the fact that we have been in uh, distance learning online training for five years and we've been doing a digital publication for seven plus years now we're in our eighth year. Uh, we've been live streaming events for many years. So for us to make that pivot into this situation in 2020 wasn't all that difficult uh we had the opportunity to live stream over five uh, industry events this past year um and uh you know obviously a lot more in 2021 so for us that's been a good thing and it's it's given us the ability to uh um, you know utilize some of our skills in uh, in a more robust fashion uh looking ahead to twenty twenty one uh for us as an organization we'll be uh rolling out our global edition of healthy indoors will be called healthy indoors global a quarterly uh digital edition uh of the magazine that will be again free worldwide uh but rather than being so u s centric as uh, our healthy indoors uh flagship edition is we'll be taking more of a global stories and a global approach to things. We have some other real exciting things we'll be rolling out in January. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag early on that, but uh, Mm -hmm. let it suffice to say, we'll be doing a lot more uh, in the digital environment, uh, helping connect people and uh, creating opportunities for learning and engagement. So um, I guess that's it.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Bob. Uh, You know, always interesting to get your perspective and uh, you've been more involved in the weatherization side of things as well. I'm just curious real quick, how's that? I got to assume they've been hurt bad by this, Uh, at least the people out in the field trying to go out into homes and buildings and air seal and add insulation and so on.
10: Yeah, it was, it was especially challenging in the beginning, uh, the building performance association. Uh, so I was the publisher of their, uh, building performance journal, which was the rebrand of, uh, home energy magazine. Uh, and, uh, so, I, so, you know, I worked with them, you know, on, on their digital media side, uh, with that organization and they were scheduled to have their national, uh, event, annual event, uh, in new Orleans, right at the apex of, uh, things blowing up the end of April. Uh, so you know fortunately you know they and that organization derives a lot of their annual revenue from that right so that's that's a big deal to lose your national event as I think all of your their organizational representatives would acknowledge we were fortunately able to roll it into a digital event and uh, you know have uh, between 16 and 1800 people participate in an online event so we recovered a lot of the revenue Uh, it was uh, relatively successful knock on wood Larry Uh, we haven't blown one up yet so that's uh, you know uh hopefully we'll we'll stay with that <laughs> uh but, but yeah but it, it's been, it's been tough for them because i think you know well any sector that does home you know in home in building uh direct face-to-face type work it, you can't really do that remotely right so right. this is difficult
1: right. well thank you bob uh, always great to get your perspective We'll come back to you for 2021 thoughts in just a moment john downey uh john is also a great friend of the show he's with the cleaning industry research institute he is the executive director of siri and also a fourth generation president and owner of Downey's carpet care of granville ohio welcome back to the show john
3: Hey, joe uh and thank you for having me on and siri on the uh this this show it's very interesting listening to everybody i uh I, I was thinking as I was a, about a uh, uh, Steve Spivak, who is the uh, science advisory council chair of Siri just finished the second of a two part series. Uh, and it is titled, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times based on, of course, tale of two cities and uh All of us are are, really have the same experience. Uh, COVID-19 is the best of times and the worst of times. It's obviously for our culture. uh, It is a very challenging time. And for individuals, as several people have mentioned, uh, it it is sometimes beyond difficult. Uh, I mean, it can be devastating. So, you know, it is a, a very challenging time for the cultural culture generally. But the flip side of that is that it is a time of great, kind of in a weird way, great opportunity. And uh, it has been, you know, I, 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 I've told several people this. For Siri, frankly, it's been, um, I hate to say that we profit by others Misery, But to some extent, honestly, uh, we have because we've been able to provide information, being the type of organization that we are as a science research organization, cleaning science research organization, uh, we've been able to provide the information that a lot of people are looking for and we're desperate to get. And I'm, I'm going back to the beginnings of this in March and April. Uh, and uh, it, it was honestly, as uh, uh, the series chairman, uh, Jim Harris has said, we were just fortunate, but we were fortunate in that we were going to have a symposium in, on March 31st in Cincinnati in conjunction with uh, the experience show and in very rapid order, that went from a, um, uh, an in-person symposium about cleaning and disinfection to a hybrid event about COVID and cleaning and disinfection to an all-virtual event, live stream, all about COVID-19. Typically, Siri, being the type of organization it is in the, in the cleaning industry, quite frankly, we haven't. We don't generate a big audience because uh, I'm not sure we have done a good job of communicating the value that, that Siri provides. But for this, we didn't really have to communicate much of anything. We just had to put on a good uh, event, and I, I feel like we did. Typically, we might get 50 to 75 people at one of our uh, in-person symposiums. And we had nearly 1,100 people attend the online uh, or the live stream uh, symposium. And then from there, and, and it went very well, it, it was extremely, it, it kind of, it, it let people who really either didn't know that Siri existed, or if they did know they really didn't understand it. It gave them an opportunity to uh, kind of experience Siri. And I, I actually, I wanna, uh, one thing I'd like to do is thank several of the people on the call who were involved in, in, in their organizations. Kevin with IICRC in particular here, uh, uh, IAQA, John, your organization and and several others uh, and and since then, some of the other people on this call are, are working with Siri. But these organizations basically helped get the word out about what Siri was doing. And it was extremely, extremely helpful uh, in, in doing that. So to some extent, I would say, as I look at it, kind of the 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 good thing is how the industry and especially I think the uh, nonprofit segment of the industry and those who are are involved in it, came together and started providing really good information. uh, Put away, Mark at the very beginning was talking about how uh, there are a lot of egos that get in the way of things. Sometimes people, took their ego out of it and got to work and did things. And, you know, I, I guess I think that is, that's a very hopeful sign. So while we have a lot of misery uh, today, uh, you know, seeds are being planted for an awful lot of good things. And um, I think I'll leave it at that.
1: Thank Well you. said, John. Very good. Uh, much appreciated. She's the um, director of quality control at AEML. Christy, let's hear your best and worst.
11: Uh, thank you for having us. I'm not sure if we've ever joined you on one of your shows before, but um, we appreciate it. Um, after listening to everyone, it kind of seems like um, our perspective on this year is really no different. Um, definitely, we would say the worst part of this year would just be the overall theme of uncertainty. Um, uh, who would have ever thought that we would be told to stay in our homes and like not go to work. Right. Um, So that was certainly something we had to adapt to. Um, Luckily we were able to stay open um, as a laboratory under the the stay at home orders. We had in effect, Um, but as a lab, we definitely had some interesting challenges. Um, You know, a lot of the supplies we use day to day, like swabs and gloves or things that were just, overwhelmingly needed by the healthcare community. So that was something we had to keep in mind, um, you know, making sure we were adequately stocked to perform our daily um, tasks, but also, you know, not hoard su- hoard supplies. Um, we also um, used to host um, monthly in-person classes in our laboratory to keep, you know, our inspectors up to date on their continuing education credits. So again, it seems like, um, like the rest of you are saying, this year really um, brought us into that online learning format. Um, we have a couple people here who were just incredible with getting um, an entire platform of e learning up and running for AEML. So we were able to um, provide education continuously to inspectors so that they could meet the requirements for licensing. Um, And we're really grateful, too, um, for the sense of community that this brought us because we have some great customers that were willing to partner with us and provide this um, online education um, just to help just to help the community, really. Um, So that's great. And it also also, um, expanded our reach as a company, um, you know, before in person it, it creates limits. You know, if you can't make it to the lab or you can't be there on that day, um, you're missing out on the education. But online learning, we've been able to um expand, you know, our offerings. So that's been great. Um I do think we were one of the few after listening to everyone talk that were able to have our annual conference in person. Um back in February we had our winter break. Um we were We hosted it down here in Fort Lauderdale, um, right before, uh, all this craziness started. So who would have thought that would have been like the last big event we had, but we were very lucky, fortunate to be able to provide all of our inspectors with, um, the credits they needed for their summer deadline, um, for renewal. Um, but yeah, I think really like overall, we've just been really grateful that we've been able to stay at home, the real estate market, um we're located here in Florida. It's been so strong. So really um, we have no complaints with how business has gone this year. Um, we would certainly love to go back to more in-person um, face-to-face contact. I know we're, we're itching to get to go to all these conferences um, around the country, um, but really just so grateful. Um, nothing to complain about here.
1: Thank you. That's, that's wonderful. And I, I don't, my wish for 2021 is that we will have more women and young people represented on shows like this and representing organizations out there so um i look forward to seeing a lot more of that and of course more minorities as well it's uh it's just uh something that this industry i think and and many industries need to work on and i'm glad you're able to join us christy i really appreciate it. all right let's go to the roundup john mm-hmm. All right. Hey, look, Cliff. Let me go over to you first before we give everybody the lightning round opportunity here. Any final, uh, any anything you'd like to add?
0: Yeah, my right hand really, really hurts. I've taken it's nonstop from the very beginning. But I just want to thank everyone, uh, you know, for their sponsorship and uh, you know for their faith in IQ Radio and uh, and our platform. So just thank All you right. very much. We thank you. Let's this. go
1: to the lightning round here, real quick give us your thoughts on, um, anything you want for 2021. You know, if you want to mention your, your event, or if you just want to say that, Hey, things are, uh, going to happen. And this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Let's go ahead and do that. And let's, let's get it. Uh, start with Mark Springer, RIA. Hello, Mark. Do we still have you? I'm still here. I turned my, uh, video off there.
2: Was just getting tired of seeing me in the background, but, uh, 2021. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. The only thing that I guess I would say seems to be uh, relatively certain in the property restoration industry side. First of all, we had a lot of companies that were out, you know, really pursuing this COVID disinfection service. And it was kind of like this new place for them to be able to add another service line in their businesses um, I don't know that we as an industry have done a great job of being stewards of that. I think that there has been uh, a lot of cases where there was um, uh, maybe a, a, a bit of a, a over-pursuit of profit there, and some. Uh, we're going to see, I think, a lot of commoditization of that here in the coming year. I think that's going to affect the, the restorers who have been doing that. Um, maybe in areas where they weren't especially conscientious about making sure that there wasn't any appearance of impropriety there so I think that'll change next year wasn't something in my area in Montana that we had a ton of uh, because we just didn't have high case counts Uh, but in the metro area certainly we've heard many uh, anecdotes about that Uh, the other thing I think that will be really interesting will be to see uh, the continued consolidation in the industry there's a lot of Property restoration companies that have been deeply impacted by COVID on a number of different ways. One is keeping their staff, they've had to have layoffs. Uh, There's been a decline in many areas in claims because uh, frequency has dropped in many areas as people are are hunkered down in their homes. And so I think there's going to be a lot of thinning of the operators, maybe that didn't have good business practices or didn't have. Uh, really robust lead sources. So that that will be one element of consolidation. And then probably the other element of consolidation is going to be the continued emergence of private equity in this space. Uh, we've seen so much happen with the big players who now are pursuing a lot of the smaller independents. And certainly there's dozens and dozens of private equity companies right now that have a thesis around property restoration and are trying to find any deals they could get done. So uh, I expect that that consolidation will be Uh, continuing to accelerate next year. And we'll see a lot more
1: of that. Very interesting. Very interesting. And thank you, Mark. And we appreciate you
4: joining us. Let's go to Larry Sloan, AIHA CEO. Hello, Larry. Hello. So I'm going to switch gears and talk about it from a public health perspective. All right. And I would say the first thing that I would uh, offer up is, you know, with the rollout of the vaccine uh, and how that's all going to go, what's the role of the occupational health professional going to be? With respect to the vaccine, if somebody does get sick from the vaccine, has some sort of contraindications uh, at work. Uh, EEOC just came out with their guidelines a day or two ago that uh, do allow, I think, employers to uh, mandate vaccines for their workers, at least in certain situations. So, what's the role of the industrial hygienist in all of that? So, that's point number one. Point number two is we had a really interesting conversation with President-elect Biden's transition team for the Department of Labor which, as you know, oversees OSHA, which has been pretty much emasculated over the last four years without any sort of a a head. So the question for us is, what kind of influence are we going to have as a profession in advancing the agenda for OSHA? Uh, There's been some discussion about developing an emergency temporary standard for the country that might be based on the statewide uh, ETSs that exist, including here in Virginia. So what kind of influence are we going to have in this emergency temporary standard And are we actually going to get something done next year for COVID? And then ultimately, is that going to result in some sort of a permanent infectious disease standard, which is, I think, long overdue. So there's a lot of exciting ways that the industrial hygiene profession can plug into that discussion. And then my final point is kind of more holistic is after COVID is hopefully a distant memory, right? And -hmm. it's no longer front page news. How do we maintain worker health and safety as a front page news story? How do we insert ourselves into the public's narrative so that they don't forget about things like PPE or N95s and all the precautions that everybody has to take right now from a public health perspective? This has been a black swan, gray rhino, call it what you wish, an event for the occupational health profession. How do we leverage this and how do we build upon this in the years to come? Fantastic.
1: I'm so glad we're doing this. I wasn't sure how it would go, but so far, excellent. Let's move on to Mr. Shaughnessy, Dr. Richard Shaughnessy. Richard, thoughts for 2021 if we still
5: have you. Hey, Joe. Yeah, Yeah. I'm um, as depressed as I sounded related to 2020. um, I'm just as much the opposite with respect to 2021. As you know, uh, my priorities have always been, uh, as a scientist, uh, looking toward applied science and uh, trying to translate that and disseminate it into practice and get that exchange going. And, and, uh, you know, scientists in the past year have been entrenched in new directions related to indoor air quality. There are new approaches. Some of the people on the call have already talked about some of their technology. Um, uh, There are new sensors, new models out there uh, for homeowners that could be very useful. And the thing that I'm very excited about is uh, uh, healthy buildings. Uh, The conference we're doing with the International Society on Indoor Air Quality and Climate. for those of you that don't know a lot about it, it's comprised of over 43 countries, primarily scientists and academia, and it's uh, promoting the science and putting it out there, some of the best scientists in the world. And um, what we're excited about is the conference we're doing in August in Hawaii, and it, w- <laughs> it will be face-to-face, and that in itself. Uh, I does get me excited. Um, uh, you know I as I said earlier, I think webinars are great and and we've done excellent with them, but something is lost in the translation when you're not talking to a human being in front of you, and as an educator, I find that a uh, tremendous kind of void, a gap and so we are so looking forward to this having people come together again and be able to communicate. When I go to a conference, I get at least 60% of what I take away is from talking to attendees. So it's not only the focus of the conference, uh, COVID COVID and beyond, it's on the entire spectrum of indoor air. Um, We'll be talking about the best of research and how that extends to practice, but as well, the best of practice in terms of how that goes to research. So it's going to be uh, an equal exchange. We're very excited about it. I hope you go look at the website. We have one of the most respected organizing committees that ISIAC has ever assembled um, and uh, we have uh, uh, individuals of course from the United States, uh, but from France, the UK, Japan, China, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Australia, Canada, Korea, and more. And these are some of the top scientists in the world. But also, we've included the top practitioners, field people uh, that that I've ever been able to come in contact with as well. So we're uh, we're excited about that, and we. I, I truly am invested in it and uh looking forward to it and I hope to see you there.
1: Absolutely. We uh we are very appreciative of your support and we will continue to promote Healthy Buildings America 2021. Richard, thanks again for joining us today. Uh Thank let's go to you. Philip Rauscher. Phil, what's uh what are your thoughts for twenty twenty-one?
6: Uh, so to kind of mirror what, what uh Larry was saying, I think you know, the the situation we're in has been a springboard for us, uh, for industrial hygiene, Oc Health overall, um, you know, but the good thing about that is we've got the ball and there's an open field in front of us. Uh, so, you know, what I'm looking forward to is is building those relationships. I got an email from a gentleman that, that he started out and said, you know, I'm nobody special. I'm a dad who's trying to find information on what to do about COVID, what to do to protect my family and, and what I can do that's best for them. He's like, if I ask my family doctor, you know, he, he didn't have much information. If I went to CDC, you know, it it's back and forth on there. And I don't know if that's a trusted source right now. Um, so he, but he said, you know, I, I just found out industrial hygiene and occupational health is, is this field and it has this information. Um, so I think we're, we're standing at the edge of something that's, that's great because people have turned and they've noticed it again. Um, You know, for, for a while there, there was this debate of, you know, how much of a role does industrial hygiene play? Um, You know, there's more and more step towards generalists who, who may not fully understand some of these concepts, but this has really brought that, that scope down uh, really magnified some of these important things. So, you know, I want to keep pushing that, Keep going till we get to that end zone. You know, bioaerosols as, as a new committee, or I guess a, a refurbished committee for us, um, they are they're pushing hard uh, this year under the leadership of Don Weeks. You know, they've they've really grown. They they just released a um, monograph on sampling for uh, bioaerosols. Uh, it's it's one chapter that's in the the new purple book joe you got the old one behind you i don't know if we could change the color that's such a uh, uh staple now but yeah there you go <laughs> no uh you know they're working through that because because what's that <laughs> i'm gonna need all those notes sent to me please thank you uh, no uh it's you know it's it's out there and it's important information and to bring it up to date to make it you know to to um, bring it back to the forefront of everybody's mind. I think it, it just so happened that we're in the right place at the right time. Along with that, you know, we're working together with some industry leaders on, on Atlas of Fungal Spores, um, as something that can help everybody in the industry, labs, mycologists, students as they're learning, um, you know, just get that information out there, know what they're looking for, know what they're looking at. um, Organizationally, you know, we're doing everything we can to support that. There's a big change in software this year. Um, we're currently implementing new databases, new learning systems, so that it's just a lot more user friendly. Um, I think over the next couple of months, you could probably check back in with ACGIH Weekly and notice that something new is is rolling out. Um, you know, our committees. This this has really brought that. That, once again, kind of magnified the committees. Uh, We have more volunteers coming forth through the committees because they want to make a difference. Um, International volunteers, Uh, that's one awesome thing. You know, Bob brought it up. The accessibility of all of this now that we are online is is letting people who might not have had the opportunity to travel uh, because of, you know, local economy or um, company that they work for the opportunity to connect with people because now it's in this platform. All of a sudden you could just talk to people and see them face to face and work together on projects. Um, You know, building on some of our past education with short courses uh, this year, we're going to have an advanced industrial ventilation class because, you know, there was, there there's, a need to keep driving that, you know, everyone's looking at it. What are we, you know, especially now it's it's heartwarming to see USA Today run a special on, you know, ventilation. Uh, I don't know how many of my friends and family sent me that and said, is this what you do? This is, this is that thing. And so all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's been great to, to get the spotlight for all of a couple of seconds. So, you know, pushing forward with the bio aerosols, um, you know, just just helping everybody in the field now now that this this has been turned on us i think that we're in a great position to really be able to to keep the momentum uh and and just help people understand it better that might not have uh been a huge fan of uh the industrial hygiene field in the past so
1: all right well thanks again for joining us phil it's it's great to have you and uh you know it's been an interesting show let's go to mr ron moore oh no kevin pearson ICOC chair, can't forget Kevin down there in <laughs> Texas.
7: Thanks Joe. Uh, yeah, so 2021, I think we're gonna be uh, concentrating on what our new CEO, Michael Deck has put into place in our strategic plan. And it really involves around technology and the use of that and upgrading our current technology. If you've been around that institute, At all for any length of time, you know, that we've in the past always seemed to be behind technology. So we're uh, trying to catch up to to today's standards. And uh, the other thing is, um, we really wanted to concentrate on our international registrants and certain, you know, the certified firms that we have internationally. And one of the things that we're doing in that realm is uh, we've gone out to Standards Australia to try to get uh, a couple of our standards uh, recognized by them. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the S-500, the water damage standard and the S-520, the mold uh, standard. So um, we're in the process, we've submitted our application. We also had over 150 letters of support that were sent in from our registrants down in Australia and New Zealand uh, Mm -hmm. to standards, Australia to kind of, uh, make this happen. So we're, we're excited to see where that's going to go. And then our third part of our strategic plan is customer service. And we've kind of implemented that with our live chat. And, you know, we, in, in years past customer service had been lacking. And one of the things that we really wanted to concentrate on was getting people, uh, the certifications when they need it and when they expect it and so uh, lastly I will be also bringing back uh, chats with the chairman my little radio show or whatever you call that thing that, that we put together I think it was more comedy than, than anything, but but uh, <laughs> well, we, we did have a lot of fun and hopefully people learned a little bit something about the Institute too. So we will be bringing that back in January.
1: Kevin, thanks again. Thanks for joining us and and, and for your uh, support of the show. You guys really, we really appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Ron, Ron Morrison, Instascope. Let's uh, get your thoughts for 2021. Ron, if we still have, we still have you.
8: Yes, sir. Uh, well, hey, we're getting one day closer to being back to normal Hey, as every day goes by. There you go. Uh, there
1: you go.
8: You know, I do agree with Larry uh, talking about that the pro- the protocols for indoor health uh, for basically everybody um, is now in the forefront. I think that in 2021, there's going to be a, a renewed interest in that. And with all the collaboration with everybody to coming together. Um, and providing solutions for everybody uh, and it being on the forefront of everybody's mind throughout there. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a a bump uh, in there because you got to think of all the buildings and businesses that have been shuttered through all this time. Uh, mm-hmm. And they have been maintaining those buildings and we all know what happens when that, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a, Uh, I think a little bit of uptick and work for people in the restoration business and the IEQ community, um, as those businesses open or the buildings get back to normal, um, because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now, uh, with a lot of people, um, on the scope front, we have, uh, some major stuff that we are working on right now. Um, hopefully that it will be, uh, uh, in the first quarter of next year, uh, it will be released of what we're working on once the, uh, once all the scientific uh, data is analyzed and peer reviewed um, that we're looking, you know, getting closer and closer um, to a true indoor health um, speciation uh, in real time. So that's something that we're really looking forward to We've put a lot of research and a lot of money into it. And um, hopefully that will be, you know, that will be a new innovation that will come out in the, in the first quarter of next year. So.
1: Fantastic, Ron. Great to have you on and uh, we look forward to talking again. Thank you. All right, let's go to Mr. Lapotere. John Lapotere, I think he's still with us, but um, actually I just got my computer back up. It took oh, of all an hour and a half for it to update and do whatever it needed to do. Uh, do we have Mr. Lapotere still with us?
9: Uh, I am here.
1: There he is. Okay, John, 2021, 20, <laughs> buddy.
9: Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to putting... Uh, 2020 behind us, Uh, it's been a tough year for a a lot of people, but for the indoor environmental practitioner, um, this year has been by far the busiest year we've ever had. It's interesting that our year has been substantially slower on the restoration side, and the theory behind that when we talk to a lot of the restoration contractors is that with everybody staying home, if you have a flood, you catch it so quickly that you don't need professional restoration. Yep. So a lot of the restoration companies literally have people sitting at home. They're running skeleton crews. But for the indoor environmental practitioner, with people stuck in their homes, they're recognizing things. They're they're filling their homes with people for a longer period of time and realizing that there are issues with their homes that they need to find somebody to fix. And as they weed their way through uh, the myriad of people that are possible uh, professionals that can, can provide correction and direction, they end up making their way to people that are in the indoor air quality field as a profession. And we're able to help them work on things from as simple as housekeeping to ventilation, their uh, filtration. It's, it's amazing how much people take for granted when they're not at home that often. People that are in their offices today uh, and in Florida, we have quite a few people back in their offices working. They're extremely concerned about their ventilation and their ventilation rate and the condition of their their air conditioning systems. So for us, it's, it's been very busy. It's going to be very busy for the Indoor Air Quality Association members going into 2021. We're looking forward to expanding our online education to include more building science and more air conditioning, and more infectious disease. And we hope to start next year off with a wonderful global uh, virtual annual meeting in February. But uh, it's it's been a tough year, but I think it's also been a, a, a pretty good year for us as an association with Association Headquarters. So moving into next year, uh, you know, we're, we're on the ground running and ready for uh, more online education and disseminating much of the information that we've talked about on this program to our members. One of the things that we want to make sure that our members understand is that we are a clearinghouse for vetting and providing the leading information when it comes to things like COVID. So we're excited about 2021.
1: Thank you, John. Always great to have you with us. Let's go to Bob Crow. Hey, Bob Crow, what do you think? This ought to be interesting. 2021,
10: Bob. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, I think, you know, it's incumbent upon all of us, right? And organizations, right? All all of you associations and professional organizations, you got to think outside the box in 2021. Uh, If anything, this COVID pandemic illustrated the fact that, you know, business as usual sometimes can get upended. And uh, things that used to work don't necessarily work going forward. Many of you mentioned in, in your in your spiel's, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, Zoom meeting fatigue, right? We're we're all experiencing that. Um, maybe I'm jaded because I've been doing Zoom for five years, but uh, the reality is that we need to communicate in different formats and unique ways uh, to, to reach our audiences. And and again. I'm not so sure that all, all of the, uh, the ways we've been doing things over the years is the way to do that. The other thing that I think is really important is that uh, this COVID-19 pandemic um, introduced the world's consumers to our industries collectively, right? Um, consumers have never been so hyper-focused on in, indoor environments, at least not in our, our lifetimes. Um, so this is a great opportunity, right? This is an opportunity. It's a challenge. Uh, we need to continue to engage the general consumers globally. And uh, that's something that's been, to, to put it mildly, sadly lacking in my in the entire time I've been in the industry. I have never seen anybody successfully do that. Um, and I think that's super, super important because honestly, we're all consumers on one level, right? So mm-hmm. uh again we can talk back and forth practice to industry you know research to research to practice and all that stuff that's all well and good but where the rubber hits the road is actually where the millions upon millions upon billions of consumers are actually affected on a daily basis um, i will say with healthy indoors we're we're doing some you know I, I teased it a little bit we do have a global edition that's uh just we've been holding it back and we're going to release it uh starting in january um but we have a lot of other stuff that we're going to be doing to that same end of uh, creating engagement opportunities uh, on a global scale uh, to be able to engage academia, the professionals in the industry, and most importantly, the end consumers. So um, that's where we're at. <laughs> Try to get some Bob. sleep too in 2021 if possible. Yeah,
1: why not? Why don't you sleep a couple days here and there, Bob? I don't know how you do it, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Really appreciate it. Let's go to Mr. Downey, John Downey. Siri Cleaning Industry Research Institute. Uh, John, what do you think? What do you see for 2021?
3: Well, once again, thank you, Joe. Um, In 1993, uh, Dr. Michael Berry wrote a book. The name of the book was Protecting the Cleaning, or excuse me, Protecting the Built Environment, Cleaning for Health. In the book, uh, Dr. Berry described the value of cleaning for public health purposes and he went all the way back to well back hundreds of years to where we came to realize uh, that uh, things need to be clean if we're going to stay healthy and if we uh, keep things clean we will be healthier. Barry's book kind of for a lot of us opened our eyes to a different vision for the cleaning industry But since 1993, that vision is mostly, to a large extent, has been uh, unrealized. And what Bob just said a second ago about the consumer, I think is really important. Part of the reason it went unrealized is that we did not reach out to the consumers or the consumers did not see the cleaning industry. Very good. Yes. Yes. Uh, consumers did not see the cleaning industry uh, as a part of um, consumer health. Uh, you know, basically everybody looks at cleaning as a, an appearance issue. So we, If it looks clean, it is clean. If it smells clean, it is clean. But that's not always true. And the thing about the pandemic is I think it, Made a lot of people realize and recognize that uh, cleaning it there, there's more to cleaning than um, uh, a superficial look at it would suggest. So as I think of 2021, I, I think of uh, it being an opportunity, another opportunity uh, for the cleaning industry to to some extent redefine itself. As a, um, I don't want to overplay it, but to some extent, we're important contributors to public health, and we need to uh, conduct business in a way that is responsible. And if we do that, I think we will uh, we we will gain a level of prestige that the cleaning industry has really, at least in the United States, has never had. Oh, one other thing, real quick. I just want—I would just want to add on healthy buildings 21. Uh, Siri is the host organization for that. We are focused on practitioners, including contractors, and um, and and I want to say that, and I've been working with Richard and Kerry Kinney and the rest of the uh, organizing committee on healthy buildings. And this is going to be special, and I I really hope. Uh, that we can get behind this, and, and especially when I say we, I'm talking about people involved in the process of cleaning and disinfection and restoration and remediation, because that is, you know, where ISIAC, where these academic researchers gain, can, can do really good things, is if their research connects with the needs of the people that actually do work in the field related to indoor air quality indoor environmental quality so i'm sorry i went a, a little bit over but
1: thank uh, you. no that's very well said john we appreciate that hey let's let's wrap it up and i i'm glad we did it this way christy bruegerman uh, christy i hope you're still with me. yeah i see that yeah, okay
11: yeah,
1: i'm still here <laughs> I, I want you to give us your 2021 but before we go i want you to think about And let me know, and maybe you can't do it on the spot like this, but how do we get more people like you involved in this industry and in the leadership of this industry?
11: Oh, wow. Um, So I'll just be honest. I completely fell into this job um, right out of uh, my undergraduate degree. And I had uh, plans to work in the healthcare industry. In fact, I I did um, go back to nursing school and I worked as a intensive care nurse for two years and have since, um, you know, I, I kind of think my lucky stars. sometimes I came back to the lab um, exact just about uh, two years ago. So I kind of um, was able to not work, you know, as a frontliner pretty much during this pandemic. Um, uh, I, I honestly think that, like most of you have said, that um, this isn't an industry that most people really understand what we do or the importance of it. Um, and, and really this pandemic has done us all a favor by, um, shedding light on how important we are. Um, cause I mean, my 2021 predictions, I think, um, I mean, we all have our own personal opinions on whether or not we should get this vaccine if we're lucky enough to have the choice to, um, whether that means, you know, um, being required to by employers or even having it available. Um, I do think that with the, the invention of this vaccine, a lot of people are going to feel more comfortable going out into spaces with crowds of people. Um, But with that, it's also, they still want to feel that extra layer of security and know that the ventilation is um, adequate in rooms. Um, And I think that's going to really give our industry a strong 2021 and beyond, because I really do think um, standards or minimum standards are going to change for um, large gatherings um and I know everyone here talks about how excited they are to travel to like this healthy building summit and um but we're all humans, we all have our own uh unique circumstances, and whether you have family that's immunocompromised or you yourself you know feel un unsafe in a certain way, you're gonna want to show up to this conference and and feel safe, right so I think um even us as individuals um it's made us feel a little um like we're working in an industry that really does have a uh, great value to ourselves and others um so to answer your question about how to get more younger people involved um i think it, i think it starts with education um in universities because i i just um i graduated 10 years ago and i, I don't remember learning much about indoor air quality when i was um studying biology so Um, I think maybe if more advertising were done um, at that level, it it might, you know, attract um, a new wave of uh, practitioners.
1: And maybe even if we get into the high schools and start to, you know, I know AIHA and other groups have programs where you know, they have science fairs and AIHA or others provide judges for the science fairs, just so people, you know, get to know who we are and what we do. I agree. That's great stuff. I
11: think think even now students, um, I mean, their lives have been upended too, right? Like, how how do you explain to a young child why you have to sit at a dining room table and go to school now? You can't go to a classroom. So I think that there's a level of understanding now that um, that would open the doorway to explaining, you know, how viruses can be transmitted, you know, through air sometimes. Um, and that might uh, reach a, you know, younger generation as well.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for joining us today, Christy. I want to thank, thank everybody before we go. The Z-Man, final thoughts. Thanks, sir. I have two final
0: thoughts that really I didn't have before the show, but I got the morning of the show. Uh, the first one, I think, is a response to what John Downey said. And, you know, the public doesn't understand what we do. And, you know, it's kind of our job to explain to the public what we do. John, I think what we do is provide labor. And that's really about all we do. And as part of uh, providing this labor, we apply products. And I believe that the products is are what makes uh, the, these homes safer. Uh, It's what removes the soils and so on and so forth. So I think it's really incumbent on the big product manufacturers, the Procter and Gambles and these other people that make the soaps and make the detergents and so on and so forth you know, to create the awareness. And I think once they begin to create awareness, I think that will register with the of the customer rather than an individual cleaning service or maid service doing it because no matter what we do, I'm not sure that you know we'll ever have enough money, you know, to get the recognition. The, the second comment goes to Larry Sloan, and you know, he was talking about the new administration and OSHA and so on and so forth. And I want to ask you, and I, I can't really see all your faces if uh, have any of you heard of Safety Third? I hadn't heard of it either. I was watching television the other night, and most of you know Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. And Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs has gotten behind a program called Safety Third. And when he was on Dirty Jobs doing the job, he and his crew got injured a number of times. And the reason that they got injured is that they like the employees who work for cleaning companies and restoration companies and work in in big industry and factories, kind of expect the employer to keep them safe. You know, they gave me this respirator, they showed me how to wear it, they gave me these gloves, they gave me the PPO, they gave me this class for eight hours. And now I can forget about it because the it's the employer's responsibility. And this safety third is about making it the employee's responsibility to number one, keep himself safe first. Number two, keep the people that he's working with, uh, you know, safe second and follow the laws and the rules and regulations third. And I just thought that it was really, really a brilliant point. And I think if, you know, Larry's organization and the other organizations can, I mean, when you get somebody on television who's actually doing this you can google safety third and you know they even have masks that say safety third on it but i think that that would be a phenomenal opportunity and something that would be meaningful in in terms of getting workers and getting employees to realize that their safety is their responsibility
1: well so that's it joe Fantastic. Hey, this is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks to this week's guest. What a great show. Really enjoyed it. Mark Springer, Larry Sloan, Richard Shaughnessy, Philip Rauscher, Kevin Pearson, Ron Morrison, John Lapotere, Bob Kraut, John Diney, and Christy Brueggemann. Thanks all for joining us. We're going to take a little holiday break. We'll be back the first Friday after the new year. And we'll be repl- We'll be back for the next year. I guess this is year 15 of IAQ Radio Plus. So please come back in three weeks and join us for the next live episode of IAQ Radio Plus.
0: For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening.